Hey, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of This Is Not A Rebuild. We're in season two, but I've lost track of the number of episodes. This is a new fun fact, just so you guys know. I could go back and count them in the podcast feed. It wouldn't be hard, but for some reason, I haven't done it. So we are somewhere in season two where, I don't know, and it's really messing up my storyboarding. I, I've really, I'm struggling to set up the arc that's going to close out the season with a big finale, but it's fine. Uh, tonight, we are a little wacky, a little, uh, you know, it's just, it's mid-November. No big moves have happened yet. Not yet. Shohei Otani is won the MVP award, but refused to speak to the media because he and Jed Hoyer are engaged in secret negotiations. I'm sure Whoa. that's why. That's all it can be. Um, so we're here and we're just going to talk and we'll talk a little bit of baseball. We're if we can manage to keep everyone on this call uh, sober enough, long enough, we're going to draft moons tonight, which is very that's the important content. In fact, if you guys want to speed right past the baseball and just draft moons, I'm fine with it. <laughs> we but, can do uh, that. Yeah. Let's so start with starting. Yeah. It, it honestly, it fine. honestly might never have been done before on a podcast. No, I, well, I mean, I think ESPN has one has a has one of their podcasts. I think they start with moons, but you know, yeah, we're, we're at least we're in the top two. Assume everything has been done before on yeah, right. at this point. <laughs> I, I um, honestly don't know. I don't know. But this, this has probably not been here. done twice until now. We're only the second <laughs> podcast to draft draft moons. Now, Todd Trueblood is not here, folks. He said he'd be late. We don't know how late. We're uh, just hoping he shows up, frankly. Um, He's on the phone. By virtue of that, I'm going to give him the last pick in the draft. I think that's fair. I don't know how you guys feel. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think this is how we, this is how we should do it. Uh, baseball has not given us a lot to talk about teeny tiny trades and adding people to the 40 man roster and who cares. So we'll put that at the back of the podcast and right here up front, we're going to draft moons. Uh, I will let DJ, who is playing at a slight disadvantage tonight, I think, take we'll the first pick. <laughs> uh, so, Deej, I know you you kicked around a few options, and I, I I don't think you've reached out to your Moon's agent yet because I know you were considering multiple Moons right up until draft time. But you are on the clock with the first pick in our Moon draft of 2023. I will take Europa. <laughs> will you? Yeah. Wow, I knew it. Yeah. I yeah. knew it. There was a lot of Europa talk, and it's not well, shocking. Man. A lot of people are talking, and they think Europa's pretty great. They don't know what they <laughs> So what are they, they saying? Still, What's the word Europa. on the street? Well, they like the fact that it's on Jupiter, okay. which is a big plus. Um, yeah. And the thing about if I would have just picked the moon is that, I mean, you're just picking the moon. You know, mm-hmm. why would you just the moon when you could Unless pick your own there? You know, I mean, sure. Yeah. Which some people could argue you've never been. Anyone has ever been really. Some people. So maybe, but... we're going to go with that. I was just thinking they passed away. But yeah, there is the no one's ever been there. But yeah. 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 Could argue have, it. Have all of our moonwalkers like... passed on now? Is that I, I don't know. I'm just assuming because what last moon 
Trounce was 71, maybe. Yeah. And I don't think, so. you know, I think you had to kind of be in your 30s to, to be an astronaut. You had to be probably in the military. You will have flown a plane. You'll have been to college, maybe got an advanced degree. Mm -hmm. So, eh. hey, there's Todd. Maybe Todd knows. I, I I don't know for sure, but somebody just passed away not that long ago, too. Uh, the guy the guy that didn't make it to the moon. Europa? Uh, on a, no, on Apollo 13. I can't remember the guy that... Uh, uh, Tom Hanks? No. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it, in the movie, it was uh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, oh, no, not Kevin Bacon. Bacon. No, no, it was Gary Sinise, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, no, this was the 60s. Keep up with us there, drunky boy. <laughs> it's just, it's, oh come on it's never fun to be gary sinise's character in a tom hanks movie is it Ooh. that's just not <laughs> yeah you get the measles or you lose your legs whatever yeah not good stuff uh all right well so dj you're picking europa hmm. um that's a strong choice it's hard to hard to argue with hmm. dad just so you know you have gotten the last pick in the draft because you showed up latest it's yeah. like when the vikings didn't get their pick in two years in a row oh yeah Holy you almost Come lost on. the first round todd yeah wow. europa, europa is only slightly smaller than the moon and they call it the cue ball so they Come call on. it the cue ball well it's good to have a nickname already in place before it even is played in its rookie season that's impressive yeah they, um, they call it cue ball because it's spherical unlike the yeah, other moons ever happened actually <laughs> NBA never give nicknames to rookies or crown them. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, you've got the second pick. Uh, All right. I, you know, I don't think off this, the is, board. this is any big surprise. I got to go with Titan. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Titan, first of all, as we all know, uh, moon spurts, moon experts that we are, moon, moon perts. Let's not be moon spurts. Kirby. I don't want to be that. Yeah. Anything that but moon spurts. Yeah. 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 Um, it doesn't sound it, good. <laughs> as, as we oh. all know uh you know the moons kind of there's really venus has no moons i'll be honest with you mercury has no moons we have one moon you start getting out there uh saturn's got close to 150 and there was moon news i guess that's why this came up because they think they discovered like 147th or 148th uh depending on who's counting but uh my Favorite moon, or my first pick, rather, is a moon that um, orbits Saturn, and it is Titan. I love Titan because uh, uh, it's a big moon, uh, bigger than the cue ball, even bigger than Mercury. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a moon that's bigger than one of the planets. Um, what's really cool about Titan, too, is it has something of an atmosphere. So um, Saturnese uh, cosmonauts can go to titan if they ever get there if they ever get off their lazy asses and go and they might not need all the gear they might not need the equipment because there is an atmosphere um so it's a big moon uh it's also spherical like cue ball and um it has something of, a, of an atmosphere so beat that no yeah. no tom can i can i ask sure what do you think about a place that would have more than one moon versus having multiple moons. More than one moon versus multiple moons? Like, do you think a place would be better to have more moons? Than oh, gosh, multiple? yes. Please. 
<laughs> I lament that we only have one moon. Okay, we're not on Venus. We have no moons, but we we have one moon. <laughs> I would prefer at least 20, you know, <laughs> because you always have moons happening. <laughs> Even during the day, night, whatever. I, I would love that. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm alone in that feeling. I don't know. Matt? <laughs> I, you know, I, for one, am sick of our lonely sky. I, I think it, Thank you. it needs to be a busier place. I, it's boring is what it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is no, what I, this is what we get for not signing Sh Shohei yet. <laughs> <laughs> is that how that works? This okay. Is, yeah. This is Jed's comeuppance. <laughs> We're all paying a price too. All right. So Titan. <laughs> now I think it's interesting. You took Titan, and yes, the atmosphere. It's it's great to have an atmosphere. An oh, atmosphere is an important thing. Wonderful. Whether you're a planet, planetary system. Uh, and a restaurant you got to have atmosphere atmosphere mm -hmm. but yeah. titans is almost all nitrogen that's going to be an issue i mean we can adapt technology You're a nitrogen guy i know this about you a lot of ways to adapt plant life has got a chance on titan i think long run not right now but long run looking down the road and i know you're drafting a project here you're going to develop you're going to wait and see <laughs> but it's a lot of nitrogen tom We'll see. We'll see okay. where it goes. All right. All right. All right. I'm confident. Matt, I think you're next. With the third pick hmm. in the 2023 uh, moon draft. Moon draft. I am going to select Ganymede, uh, another oh. of the Galilean moons in the Jovian system. I think we should, everyone who picks one of Jupiter's moons, gets bonus points because it is called the Jovian system, which is awesome. That sounds like it's something out of Star Wars, but it's like yeah, yeah. right next door, really. In a universal way, it's it's right next door to us. So over in the Jovian system is Ganymede. And like Ganymede's got a really good chance to eventually have discoverable life like that humans will find. It's going to be really simple, like, single cell life oh not like beavers or something but ganymede has <laughs> great big ice ball surrounding a very deep ocean and that ocean interacts with deep down its rocky surface the the contact between saltwater ocean and rocks of this kind of formation it's very important part of developing early the earliest kinds of life ganymede is sitting there and i think sometime before our species winks out of existence which will happen long before we encounter any other life that we can acknowledge and sort of understand to be parallel to our own but we will find something else we we understand as life and i think it might be right there wow. so I'm shooting for the moon here. Shooting for the moon. Uh, I, I think I'm finding life here in our solar system, and it's on Ganymede. Talk to us about size. What are we looking at? With another the... one, very similar to Titan. Yeah, it's, it's a bigger big than Pluto, about the same size as Mercury. Galileo spotted it, man. Sixteen ten homemade telescope. That dude was a badass. Wow. So, I've got to. Sure. but. I've got to actually send part of the signing bonus to Galileo. It's a little corrupt, but that's 
that's how these things go. You know, can't be helped. Well, Todd's probably scrambling after that pick. Yeah, that's no, I, I mean, I will say so far, chalk, chalk on the board. I might have rearranged a couple of these, but one, two, three, Europa, Titan, uh, Ganymede. I, this is where it gets crazy. I don't know what we're about to see. We don't. Yeah, everyone knows those top three, but that's where (laughs) everyone knows those top three. Yeah, so thanks for letting me go fourth, boys. (laughs) Thank yourself. You were on the clock. (laughs) I'm on the clock now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I absolutely did not prepare for this at all, and nobody sent me any information. So, um, I'm going to okay. go rogue, completely rogue. I'm going to blow your minds with this one. I am going to draft Moon the Loon, Keith Moon. The I, drummer knew, for I the... knew he was going to take Keith Moon. I <laughs> Wow. Uh, Not Moon Landrew, former um, yeah. New Orleans, um, or, or maybe he was governor of Louisiana. I think he was a mayor of New Orleans. But Keith no. Moon. Uh, Keith a Moon. rock and roll drummer. Yes, a rock and roll drummer uh, for The Who. Uh, joined, I think, in 1964 and was the, the Who's drummer until his death in 1978 at the very young age, I believe, 38, maybe 38, I think. Maybe 35, can't remember. But um, not only an excellent, excellent drummer, and I, I think Tom agrees, even though he he was he had a wild style, but he was still an excellent drummer. I mean, and the Tom, what's a drummer's job? Uh, keep time. Yeah, and and surprisingly, even though he was, you know, obviously crazy since his nickname was Moon the Loon, um, he he kept pretty good time. He, he he kept people as as Tom has referred to in the a number of times in the pocket. Mm. Um, uh, and he was quite the uh, the personality um obviously uh you know the, the who was widely known for smashing the drum kit and and pete townsend and smashing his guitar um but keith took it to a whole nother level um and would destroy uh hotel rooms his uh, 21st birthday is supposedly the thing of legend uh and it was in strangely in flint michigan um i'm not exactly sure what went on and i'm not sure anybody really is but it, it's uh it's one of those things that you you know everybody says they were there and nobody actually was he had a fascination of blowing up toilets with cherry bombs um just uh for me um obviously a favorite of mine because um i am a big who fan and actually strangely we can connect this to tom a little bit i uh cemented my who fandom uh when uh, the first time I met Tom Nurse, which was uh, we went to a midnight movie of the kids are all right in Peoria, Illinois, in 1981, because it was not too long after Tom graduated from high school, uh, and I was still a, a fresh-faced youth of uh, seventeen, or sixteen. What's that? A young buck. Yep, yep. Now I'm an old buck. Now, of course. Uh, by the time you guys watched that movie, Keith had been dead for four oh, years, three yeah. years. Yeah, died in 78, uh, so three years. Which is what we, makes this pick really interesting to me. Now, DJ, by chance, 
is your moon dead? Because <laughs> it uh, disintegrated, been vaporized, or other otherwise uh, fallen to pieces? It isn't, but I'll, I'll give you a little example of why, you know, that could happen at some point. Wow. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. So mine is the innermost uh, moon of Jupiter. Uh, shortest name. Uh, pretty great moon, really. It's called Low. And uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got one more thing about Keith Moon before we move on to the next pick. One of my favorite Keith Moon stories is, and, and I shouldn't uh, glamorize his his problems with drugs and alcohol, but passed out on stage uh, at the Cow Palace in California. Um, and it was early on in the, the uh, or not maybe not early on, but it was in the middle of the concert. And basically, Pete Townsend went, is there anybody out there that's a drummer? And Thomas Halpin jumped up on stage and played the rest of the night with, with The Who uh, because Keith was gone. And you can see that on YouTube, actually. Yeah, it's wild. They're, they, and when they're pulling him off, I mean, a lot of people thought he was dead because he was completely limp. Um, but that, it's not a good thing. But think of the the number of times that Halpin has dined out on that story. Yeah, yeah people say a lot of the same things about my moon too. Yeah, which, which, <laughs> I just, it's a it's a limp moon. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has it has volcanic talent, not unlike uh, Keith. Hundreds, Keith. But DJ. I got to stop you. It's you ran into a capitalization problem here. It's IO. It's IO. Oh. It's IO. It's not, not low. That would be a well, cool name for a moon. The article I'm reading, IO, it says Jupiter's IO looks, mm -hmm. and it's the same exact letter of the one that's the beginning of looks. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Uh, fonts yeah. are terrible. Fonts are really bad, but IO's great. Tell us more about IO. Yeah. I'm impressed that Matt seemingly has uh, memorized all 250 moons uh, in our <laughs> solar system. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's covered in hundreds of volcanoes, so obviously it's you know, pretty dangerous. And, and and I think Todd would like to, I'm surprised he didn't pick this knowing that he likes death. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a moon that's just kind of rife for that. Or would it be ripe, Matt? I I, I struggle with that. Rife and ripe. I I say it's ripe word of the day. It, but okay, yeah, rife, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tons of plumes of sulfur and sulfur dioxide. I mean, hundreds of kilometers high, bright yellow, swaths of white, <laughs> red. I mean, it's got every color you can imagine: brown, orange, black, yellow, red. <laughs> there's no depth, no green or or blue even. Right. Because right. Not, so not every color you can imagine, but some uh, of the colors. All of the colors that you could imagine. And then some, some of you, honestly, the cool thing about it is there's a lot of colors you wouldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't have not here because our earthbound vocabulary doesn't have names yeah. for the colors. Yeah, think of what you would call that color. Undiscovered color. But yeah, I was actually just testing you, but everyone knows that it's called IO. Mm -hmm. IO, yeah. Far and away. Far and away, the moon that people most remember from your like high school visit to a planetarium, because the visuals that they put up there, which aren't actual footage from Io, 
for the most part. I think we have some footage of it now from a telescope, but uh, lots and lots of really good, just like deep voice narrator, big, you know, explaining to you the volcanoes of Io, and it just shows you lava exploding over and over. And that's all they have to do. And you're like, oh, Io, that one must be cool. I mean, it's not obviously not literally cool, but yes. It isn't. I picked it. I mean, it's a, it's a cool moon. Mm -hmm. Than the rest of the moons that are about to be picked behind it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. DJ, <laughs> you better hold on tight for this next one if it's my turn. It sure is, Tom. Well, there's a, there's a couple different ways to pronounce this. It could be Charon. It could be Sharon or Sharon. But... Uh, First of all, this is one of Pluto's moons. Now, is Pluto even a planet? Uh, kind of. It was a planet. Then it no, kind of got de-emphasized. What's that? No. I think the answer no, is no. No. Okay. I mean, there's that's that's a but, rather large camp that says it is not a moon. Or it it's doesn't disqualify Charon. Charon can be a moon to a dwarf planet. Absolutely. We just said a moon, a moon in the all. solar system. Exactly. But what I like about this is... Think about where we could go with this because it is over 50% um, the size of Pluto and they actually co-orbit. So we might go from what, you know, I think it was the early 30s that we discovered Pluto <laughs> and we dubbed it a moon. And then 30 years ago, we started saying it's not a moon. What if one day it's Sharon is is the planet and the moon is of it is one of the moons is Pluto. I'm not sure we're going to get there, but that's kind of the direction we're heading. So that's why I'm drafting it now, because I'm looking at the future. This is a moon now, but who knows what could happen? Yeah, no, it's on the rise and you can't it's say on that. The rise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. Scott. When if I ever heard of one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, yeah, that was a good one. And a lot, a lot of people aren't going to go far enough out of the way to find Sharon. You know, it, it's way out there. So good pull. Uh, your scouts, scouts got out into the bushes and, and dug it. something up. Yeah. Um, one of those foreign league pitchers from Japan, you know, <laughs> foreign league. I see now I'm, I'm in a tough spot. Because there, there are a couple of perfectly legit uh, standard issue moons that I've got interesting data on that I would I would love to tackle. But the first round made me nervous. And I, if Dad has Keith Moon and he pairs him with Wally Moon, I'm going to feel like he won the draft, and I can't let that happen. Yeah. So I'm going to take <laughs> Wally Moon for the block. Oh, uh, for the block. <laughs> Card no. Cardinal rookie of the year now. in the fifties. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of the Starling Marte of his time, maybe. Mm. Uh, power, speed. The speed doesn't. When you just go to his baseball reference page, doesn't show up quite like it would now. Because in the 50s, nobody it stole bases. Run. But Wally Moon showed up. He was hitting some homers and a lot of doubles and triples. And he was stealing bases and playing a good outfield. Uh, one of the first black stars of the Cardinals kind of uh, was there a little bit before Kurt Flood. 
didn't ascend to the same level of consistent performance as Flood, but was a part of that team as it was on the rise and then got traded to the Dodgers and was a key part of three World Series winners there. So, so wait, do you think if do you think when Wally Moon like moved in the dugout, Flood moved faster? <laughs> oh wow, that's that's good. Yeah. Affecting that's, the tide and all. That is moon humor, and that is what this <laughs> podcast is that's needs to be defined by this episode. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. Solid work. <laughs> I, yeah, Wally Moon is my choice again. I feel. I this happens sometimes and it, it usually ends up badly for the team making the reach. So I, I may have just taken my version of Hayden Simpson, whom the Cubs took in the first round of the 2010 drafts <laughs> because they were nervous that the Angels had him on his on their board and they were going to take him before the Cubs got another chance in the third round. But it turned out that no one was going to take Hayden Simpson before like the seventh round and the Cubs completely yeah. wasted a mid first round draft pick. Wow. That might be what I just did with yeah. Wally. Boone. And then the angels took Mike Trout. I mean, I just left Callisto sitting there. Mm. Uh, I right for the picking feel bad about Triton, but I'm right. Right. Going with Wally moon. So there we go. Right, okay. Well, fate I, or what? You- well, see, I, I, I got it. I'm a little bit worried about your, your, your analytical skills now, boy, uh, because you, your first sentence should have been evidence to yourself that I was not going to take Wally Moon uh, because he was the rookie of the year for who? Oh, yeah. 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 I oh, thought of that, but boy, he had some good oh, years uh, with the Cardinals, uh, some really good I, years with the well, I mean, with the I'd, Dodgers. So I, yeah. Know. Well, I'd rather shave off several layers of skin than, than <laughs> pick a cardinal. I would log off if he said a cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, to to further cement my my win of this draft, since you you're worried about this, I'm going to go completely outside the box, as far outside the box. You guys, this is a a pick that that none of you would have made it. Not one of you would ever make now this there, pick. Be ever. careful here because there are a nope. couple of things I can imagine you picking that I'm going to declare ineligible. Uh, there are some uh, some borderline cases that I'm going to say are out of bounds, but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, then, then, then if that's the case, then we'll, we'll deal with that when it comes along. But I am going to choose John McGee. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? No, it's, it's not you being drunk, DJ. That one's got us all flummoxed. Uh, no, John McGee, Tom and I went to high school with. Oh, Tom I know not... why. Go ahead, Tom. John McGee, uh, when we were juniors, um, be, went on a run uh, of mooning people. Mooning. And, mooning and to, yes. to this day, his nickname is Mooney. Everyone... If, but virtually everyone that sees him will refer to him as Mooney. I, for the longest time in my life, believed that John McGee invented mooning. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, for you know, I was 16 at the time, and I'm in in the back of a, a pickup truck at a homecoming thing. You know, we're driving around town being stupid. I can't remember. And suddenly, John John drops trow and and moons somebody. 
and, and you I thought like, and you thought and your thought was surely no one has ever before <laughs> thought of pulling down the thing. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I was 16. I was, Until now, I was pants always went in one direction. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, of course they come down, but they don't come down in public in the back of a pickup in Chillicothe, uh, Illinois. Yeah. And 38 uh, degrees of I rain. Guess, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, they do. But so this is this is this is the the pick that cements it for me because obviously, unless Matt declares it ineligible, I don't know how he could, but if he does then I'll have to come up with something else. Uh, but uh, John McGee, John Mooney McGee is my pick. There it is. Wow. No, yeah, that's totally eligible. I'm I'm dancing in the end zone. I'm very glad you took a hyper local moon. Like this is this is like taking with the, the smaller of Mars's moons. There's nothing interesting here. There are a zillion of this. There, everywhere in the world, there's a guy whose nickname is Mooney for this exact reason. <laughs> Name one. Uh, Mooney Jones. Mooney Smith. I can keep going all day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could, They're uh, out Mooney there. Johnson. Mooney. <laughs> yeah, I often forgot to make that one difficult. Uh, okay. I just. Mooney yes, but I can allowed. say. You I can definitely say the first time that I knew about this. Draft, unless. Or- Unless John McGee is one of our 18 listeners or one of his children is. Because if we if this is how someone in his family finds out that he used to go going around no, I, people all the time. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that the, the reason that the the nickname and the uh the things that he did to earn that nickname might be the reason that John never married. Well yeah i mean married doesn't isn't required to have a family no uh, probably true. this behavior doesn't uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah uh okay well there All we right. go i can what yeah but one thing i can say that you guys cannot is that i have been within 18 inches of that moon and you guys have not been anywhere near your moons well, I mean, distance. Not that no it was a pleasant experience, but <laughs> in in the universe of Chillicothe, Illinois, you were never any further from John McGee's butt than I am in the universe that is the universe. There it is from uh, Ganymede yeah. right now. A little perspective. It's yeah, yeah. relative. Yeah, okay. it's it's all about scales. Um, yeah, let me started about low. No, yeah, well, I I wouldn't dare, frankly. But if you'd like to erupt about that again, have at <laughs> it. I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the the two things I remember about Io were very cool planetarium videos and also easy easy jokes, real easy. So yeah. Well, there you go. I d- I don't dare do a third round, frankly. We're we're only getting further from drafting some good solid moons. And it is a shame that some of these moons are going to go home on un- undrafted, yep. but there's some moons on the table. That's for sure. That's, Warren moon. Well, Warren that, moon was not that even was touched. John McGee's problem. Um, but <laughs> uh, that's why John McGee can never go back to Chili's. Um, <laughs> but we will 
pick up where we've left off here in the 2024 moon draft. I think that's all there is to it is we've done an incomplete job of drafting yeah. moons, a solid, but an incomplete job. And we'll revisit this in a year yeah, or we'll if we get more sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Good work, everyone. And uh, I look forward to seeing how, how it plays out over the moon season to come. Okay. Well, I, I don't have a good transition from that to baseball. <laughs> Wally Moon would have been one, but uh, John McGee so is not I, a me, smooth transition. Let, so. my, let me do my Heidi game rant real quick. Oh, right. Todd, you have a Heidi story, a personal Heidi so, story. So this week, 50 years ago, I believe this week, is that what it is, Matt? The Heidi yeah. game. It might be like Heidi. 55 years. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it Go doesn't ahead. matter. Uh, but the Heidi game uh, happened where uh, I didn't even know what teams were playing. The Jets and somebody Raiders uh, were playing. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. We're playing a game and NBC uh, games coming down to the end. And, and one of the teams won uh, in a tight, close, wonderful game. And NBC cut away at the end to Heidi, a movie of the week. Uh, and, you know, thousands and thousands of people, there's there's video of David Brinkley saying 10,000 calls to our station wow. and, and just uh, it, public apologies and all kinds of problems. And this is the Todd Trueblood version of that. So we moved to uh, Wisconsin in 1994 uh, and a sidebar to this. Uh, as we crossed the state line, my turncoat son became a Brett Favre fan Um we don't, but, we don't have to phrase it like that now in yeah. 2023. I became a Packers fan. Okay, uh, Packers fan. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, you're not going to like this, but I said the same thing to everyone I work with in Minnesota. I say, and they don't like this, so I don't think you're going to like it either. Hmm. Um, but I, I look at them and I say, you know, you don't have to be a Vikings fan. <laughs> right, like it's not illegal to be a fan of another team that's not in your state. So I would say the same to you, and I know you're not going to like it, but uh, just I, I don't, think. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um. So, but in in I I actually don't. I tried to look this up, and I can't really figure out what game this was that this happened to me. Um, but it was '94 or '95, somewhere early on in our our Wisconsin life, and uh, the Bears are on the noon game. I don't remember who they're playing. Um, good game. Driving the Bears are driving down for the final score to win that game. And the local, I believe, Fox might have been CBS uh, affiliate left the game. They they cut it away from the game, which at, at at this point nowadays that's actually not allowed. The the NFL does not allow local affiliates to to cut away but they cut away to go to local pregame for the packers game at 3 30 or whenever the heck it was starting wow. back then so the bears are about to score and win and we had to break away to find out to get more information about the hangnail on on Favre's left hand which wasn't going to affect him at all but we didn't talk about fine. it incessantly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go on and on about crap and i lost my mind uh i think i think your mom might have taken you guys and left the house because i literally <laughs> lost i lost my mind i i called 
woman uh, shelter. <laughs> I called whatever TV station that was and nobody answered, but I'm screaming into the, the answering machine. Uh, I, I just, I lost my mind. I, you know, this was pre-internet or at least pre-internet for me. Um, so there's no other way for me to, to, uh, to find, to get to access to these people other than to find a way to look up phone numbers. And I was just scrambling every way I could find to get in touch with somebody. Uh, never did get, well, I did get in touch with people, you know, uh, two days later or whatever, I, I called and again, screamed at the general manager of that radio state or that TV station. And his response was effectively, yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I was so livid. And actually what's strange now is what is that nearly, uh, 30 years later, I'm just, I'm getting a little cranked up. So, yeah. uh, it was the Heidi version but it only affected me. Maybe it didn't. It probably affected a few other people. I can see you being a Packers fan, a Packers fan wanting to see the Bears lose or whatever, their rival. And and right. I mean, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense that they would do that, really. Yeah. Oh, and and I I the only solace I take is the hope that me because I ended up did I somehow called uh whatever uh uh network that was fox or nb i don't even know remember who it was um and uh, my solace is that the nfl finally said yeah we better not do that anymore because that true guy's freaking nuts <laughs> yeah yeah wow so they don't allow it anymore yeah i remember that being a thing i once uh the same thing happened to them in 2001 now the cutaway was because the Packers were about to kick off this time. It wasn't prolonged pregame, but uh, 2001, the Bears were good, and mm. they were making a comeback, I think, against the Browns, maybe. And it literally, as I think happened in the Heidi game, there was a long pass in the air that was going to – it wasn't the decisive pass, but it was an important one to the game. And while it's in the air, suddenly the game just cuts to yeah. the Packers. Uh, and that coincided with me having an assignment to write a letter to a business or to a representative or someone trying to seek change. And so I wrote to the station um, to basically say, hey, um, I'm a Packer fan, but but that sucks. Uh, yeah. I want to see good football, not, you know, I don't need the opening kickoff of a game. I, I need the dramatic conclusion of one. And they wrote back a letter that said, yeah, we have a contract. So sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. So change happens slowly, but two two things like six or seven years apart, and we accomplished change. The true it was just us. No one else. No one else. Yes. Did <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. But if I had a cap, I would tip it towards the the both of you. For yeah. Hey, cool. Doing your part, well, making the world a better place. Thank you. We are we are brave warriors for change. Mm. Is, mm. is I think the way to put it, the only way that I can think of to put it. Um, we lost. DJ may have left us. Oh shoot! Yeah, I really, he, one thing I wanted to say to him real quick was, uh, there's no rule that says you have to be a fan of the team that's you, the state you live in either. So just because he was born in Wisconsin doesn't mean he needs to be a Packer fan. He could. He could. You know. No, but then it comes down to what team gives you a reason to be a fan of them. And uh, of the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings, there's there's 
one team that consistently does that. Anyway, uh, we can <laughs> in your lifetime. Prior to that, yeah, in my Packers you, stunk on you ice. say that you say that though, like like I'm still in high school. I'm 34 years old, and in my <laughs> lifetime, one of those three teams has done anything to earn its fans' fandom. Yes, and and now your comeuppance. <laughs> we'll see. It, it, it anyway, cometh. Uh, this is in theory a Cubs podcast. We've drafted <laughs> moons, and we've talked about the Bears version of Heidi. Yeah. Um, we've already lost one of our four co-hosts. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for Ooh. good. Who knows? Yeah. And it, it wasn't because he had anything to do. It's just indifference. <laughs> <laughs> we're, he just dropped the phone sure. to the ground. He's. <laughs> He's trying to catch a window where he can launch and aim for Europa, and if he misses, land on Io. Uh, there it is. You know, it's it's a long shot, but they all are. Uh, I guess we'll compress and do a short version of a Cubs podcast this week because there really hasn't been a ton of news yet around the Cubs. Just, like, I assume that not, neither of you have very strong opinions on the Cubs adding... Michael Arias, Porter Hodge, and Bailey Horn to their 40-man roster. Wait a minute. I thought Porter Hodge was the general manager. Yeah, I thought those were yep. front office people until now. Yep. So, he, no. sounds, he sounds yeah. a lot like a, Porter Hodge. a yeah. member of a front office, but he is, in fact, a right-handed pitcher. Okay. Um, hmm. It's a little bit interesting because – so they had to add these guys. They had a batch of players they needed to add to protect them from the Rule 5 draft, right? which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, they added three to completely fill their 40-man roster, which teams often don't do because it kind of leaves your leaves you a little rigid, a little stuck and in need of making some moves that will force you to DFA some guys, possibly lose some guys between now and the winter meetings if you do this. I think the fact that they did it maybe says that they're rethinking how they're going to build and, and operate their pitching staff and their bullpen under Craig Council. Council was so good at those homegrown bullpens that just kept burping up, not just good relievers, but like stars, right? They may be trying a little bit of that here uh, with these guys who do have that kind of potential. Maybe they didn't want to risk them getting scooped up by somebody else they're going to keep them. And now that they're on the 40 man, it's obviously easier to put them in the majors and harder to avoid calling upon them when someone gets hurt. So that part is a little bit interesting. It's a little bit interesting because tomorrow we're recording this Thursday night, which it wasn't important until now to tell any of you because we were just drafting moons, but we're recording this Thursday night and tomorrow uh, is the tender deadline for players who haven't yet or have only reached arbitration but not free agency we're probably going to see either some trades or some cuts tomorrow to open spots on the cubs roster that could be guys like uh michael rucker or caleb killian who are at the very fringes of the the 40 man anyway uh they just might not get tendered contracts for next year and become free agents on the spot and open up a roster spot that way. It could be that they trade a Patrick Wisdom or a Nick Madrigal to open up a spot. But I think we're going to see some action 
in the 24 hours between that right now and tomorrow night. Um, so there's stuff happening, but like not a lot of stuff that we can opine strongly on, be, especially because they're just things at the very fringes of the roster. But they also haven't missed any opportunities because the league hasn't done anything big yet. It's only been teeny tiny roster moves and procedural things here and there for pretty much all 30 teams. So relatively slow moving so far with the caveat that it really does sound like Shohei wants to sign relatively quickly. So once that happens, it's going to be like damn burst floodgates open. I guess we'll see when that happens. But... Okay. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Wisdom could be gone within 24 hours, Todd. Uh, okay. Yeah. Can you wait that long? I think yeah, he's I I mean, if MLB promising. trade rumors estimated like two and a half million for him in arbitration, which is not unreasonable. Uh, we even dad's. Yes, version, it is. No, even the, the terrible version of Patrick wisdom that you imagine in your head, that guy's still worth 2.5 million in the modern baseball, you know, landscape. But okay, I'm about to say something really make me sound like an old man, but Holy crap. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're right about that, but we don't need to dwell on it because we certainly can't change it. Um, but two and a half million dollars a year to be at the lower tenth of your your profession. I mean, lower tenth by what measurement, Dad? He's hit like eighty home runs in the last three seasons. Okay. I mean, so, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I, I don't what know. What have is it? What has he done for you lately? He hit twenty six of those eighty this year. Yeah. Okay. That's what he's done. I mean, and I'm saying it's not a but lot that's because I know, he's but not a great defender and he doesn't he hit for average and blah blah. There you blah, go. But... It's those other things that, that, that makes you in the lower tenth. I mean, if there are ten <laughs> things that he does that he's supposed to be doing and doing well, he does one of them well. The lower tenth is a tough thing to define, I guess. But I don't it's, think he's in it. He, he yeah. might be in the lower tercile like the lowest third of players who belong on a big league roster but even that is still you know you're above the league the league minimum salary at this point is seven hundred forty thousand dollars. 2.5 million just is not that far above it uh plus i know that he gives you nothing but bad vibes but mm. he's a good vibes guy for the clubhouse people love patrick wisdom so we'll see they may trade him they may non-tender him. I think the decision that we talked about on our last show of wisdom or madrigal, wisdom or madrigal, they almost need to make that decision like right now. Well, yeah, uh, I think they have to, don't they? I mean, well, they're both arbitration eligible. Neither one's going to make a lot of money in arbitration, but you kind of got to pick one now to open up a roster spot and to have some cost certainty and know where else you're going to you know, spend whatever money you save by getting rid of one of them. So we'll see, but it's, it's time. It's coming down to it for those two, maybe for like a miles master bony, but I think they, Oh yeah. We've got master bony to fall back on too. So, we're, oh. you know, that's, oh. and he's not, he's not even arbitration eligible. So still taking up a 40 man spot. They could non tender him just to open that 40 man spot but it's not going to result in any monetary savings because he'd be in line still to make the league minimum next year. 
Master Boney. So they have to juggle and weigh those things. So from a business standpoint, Master Boney or Wisdom? Master Boney uh, or Wisdom? Um, For me, it's Wisdom, but I'm higher on Wisdom than most people because he seems to be really well-liked and power is valuable. And I just don't think Master Boney, he's at the far opposite end of the power spectrum where he just, yeah, he makes contact. He does play better defense, although not good outfield defense. He's very limited to like second or third base. And he just doesn't move the ball with any authority. So I would take wisdom. Um, I think if you pulled a hundred big league front office employees, it'd probably fall like 56, 44 wisdom. It's not a, that they're probably pretty split on them too. So I don't know. Even though uh, he's making three times the money of master Boney. Yeah, but it's yeah. But at that point, they're not thinking in terms of he's making 300% of master Boney's salary. They're thinking, what would you rather have master Boney? plus 1.8 million or wisdom right uh, that 1.8 million dollars is not an absolute gap that that makes a big difference to them i don't i don't think that depends from one team to another too but in the cubs case it's probably not a huge deal so i don't know i i feel like they're deciding more between madrigal and wisdom because they're both right-handed hitters and they're both Neither one's going to have a lot of utility except as a third baseman, whereas Master Boney's more of a utility guy. He bats lefty. He has uh, speed, better speed, and just more directly applicable speed, even the Madrigal. So I think he's probably safer than either of the other two, partially because of his so, salary and partially because of his skill set. But Isn't the common denominator in all this that we need a third baseman? Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um, did you guys see Bruce Levine said they basically have not talked to Candelario at all since the end of the season, hmm. which he reported as this kind of juicy thing, or I think he directly said that Candelario's agent is upset or feeling insulted about it. I mean, it's only been six weeks since the end of the season. The Cubs during that time had like a, a secret operation going to hire Craig council. Yeah. So I, I don't know that they should have been prioritizing talking to Jamer Candelario. Um, but there aren't a lot of great options at third base. So if it's not Candelario, are they laying in the weeds on Matt Chapman, who's gold glove defender, bunch of power, but really inconsistent at the plate. Kind of like, it's like if you put Nolan Arenado at one end of a line and Patrick Wisdom at the other and just threw a stone right down the middle, it would hit Matt Chapman. That's what he is. Um, Can I pick up another one and throw it at Wisdom? <laughs> I mean, unlike Wisdom, I might actually hit him. Uh, I don't think he would. I think um, Wisdom needs to be a MHC, Todd, just to really – you know, for you to really I, feel good about the, the work. I assume that's yeah. part of I assume that's part of the bit that is doing. Patrick Wisdom was a first round pick by the St. Louis Cardinals in 2012. The it's Cubs not, got him uh, after he basically I, it, locked that, out of the Cardinals or ended up with the Rangers my, and the Mariners. 
that might be part of my problem with him is that I, I, I went, I, I, I let forgiveness enter my person. And I was like, yeah, you know, wisdom, I, 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 I kind of like you. You're, you're doing you okay. your own role, Todd. Yeah. Even though you were MHC, yeah. I'm welcoming you yeah. in. And then he basically pooped his pants in front of national yeah. television. Trojan and, horse, and, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just, you know, he, and, and he, he let me down and I should have, I should have known. Well, but won't happen again. Hey, I, I saw something not too long ago that somebody was talking about Justin Turner. Uh, mm -hmm. who's got to be 48 years old i know he was like 36 20 years ago you know when we when he got yeah. good with the dodgers he was like 38 i think he's 39 now um well that was only a year no that was five years ago anyway he he's not a good third baseman anymore in fact you'd probably yeah. uh, most of what i've seen connects him to them as a first baseman slash dh uh whose primary value is he can still really hit from the right side. So I'd be fine with it. But yeah, if they brought him in and said, oh, and he's our everyday third baseman. Yeah, that's scary. That's, yeah. Take so to the streets, for... grab your pitchforks, uh, try to get a jab in at Patrick Wisdom on your way because they should not be doing that with Turner. But if they bring him in as a, just basically a bat, then I'm still good with it. Dude can, can we get him for two and a half million and, and have wisdom start doing concessions. I think he just, I think a, a bunch of players took, uh, opted out of player options of various sizes and it's throwing me off, but I think Turner just turned down nine and a half million that he would have been mm. due from the Red Sox this year. So he's looking for, Either a two-year deal or one and eleven, something like that. Wow, but that's fine. It, he would be, you know, it'd be a complimentary piece. But the Cubs need to add multiple big. We've talked about this already. They yeah. need to add more than one big bat to their lineup this winter, right? Whether that's Shohei and someone, or Pete Alonso and someone, or Juan Soto and someone, Turner would be the someone. And it's okay if that person, you know. It could be Turner, it could be J.D. Martinez, it could be a bunch of guys. But if that person costs somewhere between $10 and $15 million on a short-term deal, that's not – that's perfectly manageable. And That's the, the thing that scares me about Shohei. Um, I mean, great, he's a great player, but we got no money left. Nobody's got any money left if they sign this guy. I think we'll see how it unfolds. As best I can tell, basically every team is going, we have a budget. Right. And then we've talked to our owners and we have a budget for this winter for the upcoming 2024 and even a sketch of one for 2025. That's how teams operate. And then we have what our budget looks like if we sign Shohei Otani. And it's just different. Well, yeah. I, it's, I mean, if, it's if not... It's not like he doesn't count at all. And your owner is saying you can just have 50 million extra dollars each year to, to sign Shohei. Right. But I think, for instance, the Cubs are trying to decide they're going to go over the luxury tax threshold this coming season. But there are three, four thresholds now. 
they're trying to decide which ones to exceed and which one to yeah. stop short of that kind of thing. There's a threshold at 257 million and one at 277 million. And it wouldn't shock me if basically Tom Ricketts was saying, stop short of the 257, unless you can get Shohei and then you can go to 277. Hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of teams are thinking that way where it's like, because Shohei is such a competitive advantage on the field and such a unique marketing asset off the field or around the field, you know, he's, yeah. he has a higher Q score than anyone has had in MLB. Like the century? A-Rod, maybe. Wow. Like maybe maybe Jeter at his absolute peak, but that that wasn't even Jeter. That was Jeter in, you know, interaction with the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ichiro at his peak. But possibly it goes as far back as Griffey. No one has had the cachet that Shohei has. He's going to bring in a whole bunch of money uh, in all kinds of different ways over the entire life of his contract, or at least the front half of his contract. And so I think you have two different budgets and you can spend more on your team if you're the one who wins the Shohei sweepstakes. Uh, I think that's how pretty much everyone's thinking about it but we'll just have to see where he signs and then whether that team actually behaves that way. So that's the best sense I can gather. It it almost wouldn't make sense to do it any other way because he is going to cost way more than anyone else on the market this winter, but he's also way, way more valuable than anyone else on the market this winter on and off the diamond. So. Hmm. Yeah. What if he did a one-year deal <laughs> and did like for 55, 60 million and and kind of um, his rehab for pitching has come along and then go for the big contract as the two-way star. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he could get that much on a one-year deal just because, because for that one year, he's only the DH. It collapses a lot of that on-field value. And you only get the off-field value. And the off-field value is much more limited because everyone knows he's – He's headed right back to the free agent market next right. year. Yeah, right. Um, so probably it'd be more like one and forty, which is still cool and fun, I'm sure. But I doubt he wants to do that. From from every indication, there are enough teams who are interested in saying you're either going to come back and pitch in 2025, and everything's going to be hunky dory, or we'll find a new role for you whether that means becoming an everyday right fielder or whether that means transitioning from regular starter to once every 10 days, you start mm. something weird like that, because still, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't count against your 13 pitcher limit. It is crazy. The ways in which Shohei is valuable to it's a value. team, right? Yeah. So if he doesn't count toward your pitcher limit, and you can still carry 13 other pitchers, well, it's okay if he only pitches every 10 days. If that's something that he wants to do on the other side of this surgery recovery or something he needs to do, you can adapt to that. I think there are enough teams who are saying, we're still willing to give you the humongous half a billion dollar contract because you are that special, that he's not going to take a one-year deal and risk 
anything that, you know, he's coming off his second MVP in three years. It should be three MVPs in a row. I think he's just going to say wherever the, the big deal that I deserve comes from is where I'm going to go. Um, with some caveats, I think he also wants to win and that stuff, but no one's going to sign him who doesn't have a credible chance to win anyway. So, yeah. So when, when do you think you'll sign with the Dodgers then? <laughs> yeah. Soon week or two. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much stock to put in the rumors that he wants to be done before the winter meetings, but I don't know. It's also cool. I like this. Uh, did you guys see? So Shohei and Acuna won the MVPs tonight. They were both unanimous winners. Yeah, was, yeah. And neither one spoke to the media. Shohei's because apparently the the conference press conference that was supposed to be conducted via video got started late and he just it, it threw him off and he decided not to do it. But really, I think it was mostly a, he hardly ever answers questions for the American media anyway. And B, uh, he didn't want to be asked a bunch of times about free agency. And Acuna was making his Venezuelan Winter League debut tonight. He basically said, I am too busy to accept the MVP award. I'm playing in the Venezuelan League. Why is he playing baseball? Yeah, no kidding. Because, Why? See, this is crazy. I really think that that league means 95% to him of what MLB uh, means MLB to him. does. How about that? Huh. Which is so cool. And it's so cool that Shohei is this sphinx who just, he's going to be, it, and it's nothing like Barry Bonds. He's not surly at all, right? He's a very, <laughs> did you guys see the videos of him uh, accepting the award on TV tonight? He had oh. his puppy next to him on the couch. He's like, when when they say you've won the award, he turns and puts up his hand and his puppy high fives him. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this guy up. He's he's not like Barry Bonds, but he just doesn't talk to the media. Hmm. That's wild. That's that's just a a wrinkle in all this that is so strange in this day and age. And then you've got Acuna who like loves baseball clearly all about baseball and all about dominating it not necessarily all that interested in mlb as an entity hmm. it's it's really fun but i also think it's going to make shohei's however long his free agency lasts we're just going to know nothing because apparently he's telling teams don't let it leak that we're meeting or i'm going to penalize you in any sweepstakes for my services i don't I don't even want people to know that I'm talking to you specifically. I don't, I'm going to, apparently he's gone on secret free agent visits already. I don't know how secret they are, but, you know, going so incognito that people don't even know he's in town talking and, you know, uh, that makes it all very unpredictable, but what a fun, when 30 years from now, we're going to look back and we're not only going to go, what an incredible talent on the field. But whoa, it was weird how everything about his career played out, huh? How he <laughs> voluntarily yeah. came to the majors at an age and under a rule set that radically constricted his earning power. 
and then chose to sign with the Angels just because he loved Mike Trout so much. And then stopped talking to the media like a year before he hit free agency and was just the secret agent of an entire winter. I love it. I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Obviously, it'll be great. It'll be mind-boggling if the Cubs do sign him. But what if and when it's the Dodgers, I'm still going to think this has been very cool because it, it's so different from when Scott Boris has a big free agent. That guy's everywhere. Uh, Garrett Cole accepted his Cy Young Award sitting in front of a Boris Corp background uh, <laughs> earlier this week like it's just it it's it exudes suddenly it's coming out of his pores how much he wants you to pay attention to him even though Garrett Cole's not actually comfortable in that spotlight and he's not a free agent this year but you get the point I'm making yeah it's starting already even when Shohei could benefit from exactly that kind of attention seeking behavior instead he's like going further into the shell it is wild so I'm having a lot of fun. I, a lot of people on Twitter are already very frustrated that there aren't moves flying. I don't care. I, I think this is a pretty cool winter so far. And by every indication, within the next couple of weeks, before the winter meetings even start, that's going to really fire up and, and we're going to see some some cool stuff. Maybe Pete Alonzo coming to the Cubs. Um, maybe a lot of things. Yeah. If hey, Shohei became a Mariner, that, that wouldn't hurt my feelings. I, I think that would be pretty cool. I, chances are probably pretty low, but yeah, you know, that, that's a good team. It's right. Seattle. I, that would be great. Cubs, anywhere in the American League. Dodgers, anywhere else that he might really realistically end up, right? You know, why, why do you say that about the American League? What's special about the American League? Just because if he's not on the Cubs, I it would be great if he wasn't directly competing with the Cubs. Uh, for a I see. Oh, from our perspective. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you meant that was like his choices or whatever. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see him in, in St. Louis. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. I don't think that's going to happen, but. The, the Cardinals are eerily quiet and I think they are going to end up signing a big name pitcher, but I feel a, a confidence that I could not have imagined even a couple of years ago uh, that they just are not, they're not going to suddenly wake up and go, Oh, we need to spend big and go get Yoshinobu Yamamoto. It's going to be Aaron Nola, or it's going to be Jordan Montgomery coming back to the Cardinals or something. They don't, I won't fully say they don't get it, but they, they think, the Cardinal way still kind of works and they just ran out of the players for it. And they're going to try to do the exact same thing and sign some good and expensive players this winter. But I don't think they're going to like fundamentally change anything, which is awesome because I think they need yeah. fundamental change. So. I'm going to have to take some uh, dance lessons because I want to do a <laughs> different jig when they stink again. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I'm sure those are out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could start practicing the John McGee celebration. <laughs> it's not the same. And, and, and I'm a lot older than I was then. Yeah. Well, so is John, I'm sure. But maybe he's I'm still dig- doing it. I'm dignified now. <laughs> sure. That's, that's <laughs> sure. one of the words that we use for you. Uh, 
All right. Uh, I think that's enough yammering. We we drafted Moons. Uh, yeah. DJ is already asleep somewhere in the wilds of of the Upper Midwest. Uh, this is this is not a rebuild. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. I've been writing a lot at NorthsideBaseball.com, and we've got a bunch of good people who have been writing there too. And I'm editing their work um, on Craig Council on free agent possibilities, all kinds of things. So stop by and check out that site. Um, and until next week, or we may do, you know, at this point, I'm going to start leaving the door open for emergency podcast, but yeah. I don't think there's going to be a need for an emergency podcast in the next week. So, Hey, if they come through and add that 148th moon, we may need yeah. to do one. That, I think yeah. it's already been spotted, but now it has to be confirmed. They have to make right. sure it's not one of the other 147 moons. Yeah, just, just seen in an unexpected location. Right. That or Otani coming to the Cubs, I think, would warrant. Right, right. <laughs> and we're not going to record one, one week from tonight's Thanksgiving. We're not recording on Thanksgiving. Ah. We're not recording the night before. So maybe in five days or maybe in 10 days. But those are those are the it's going to be one of those two when we record next. Not There'll be no. news. There'll be news. I'm confident. All um, right. Until Take then. Take care, everyone. Later, boys.